Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Stand up with a smile on your face. If you don't have one, borrow one. Hold your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, as you can tell, we got a little illustrated sermon here today. Um, began thinking about this Look and See series that I'm doing, and as I was praying this last week, it's one of those things, you, you love to hear from God, but then you have to write what He's saying. And when you've already written something you thought He said, and He says, I didn't say it exactly like that, so I want you to rewrite it. And so that's what I did. And I began to think about what we, we look for every day. Do we look for trouble? Are, are we looking for negative things to happen, bad things to happen? What, 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 is your, what are your eyes set on? What's your focus set on? And I began to think that as I look around the world, Christianity, and I've traveled the world and seen Christians all over the world, and there, there's a real common denominator that Christianity does not exclude us from difficulty. It prepares us for difficulty. But we have to see it that way. Because sometimes when people have difficulty, the first thing we do is say, why God? Why, why did you let this happen? Or why did you do this? And, and especially religious people going, well, you know, God just really must not like me much. And I'm going to keep serving him so I go to heaven and yada, yada, yada. But the truth is that we don't like to talk about difficulty and adversity because that means it's probably going to happen, and I can assure you that it's going to. And the only reason I can say that with a smile on my face is because what I've learned is it's not about the difficulty. It's about me handling the difficulty. It's about me processing it in a right way and realizing God is in my corner God is on my side, and I don't mean that to the exclusion of other people, but I've got a role to play in everything that goes on in my life. And, and the people around me, I have a role to play and a response to have when they go through difficulty. I don't like it. I don't like adversity. I don't like tragedy. I don't like any of those things. However, what I've realized is that if God be for me, who can be against me? And I have to remind myself of that all the time. Is well, you know, it, it's a tough time, and we're going through a tough time, and there are tough times. But I'm not going to talk about the tough times as much as I'm going to talk about the God who overcame tough times, and now He lives in me, and I'm more than a conqueror and overcomer. And I have to address those issues as they come. Uh, adversity is is certainly just a part of our life. So uh, the window is up here because came up with this thought, and, and you can argue with it, and I'm sure anybody that's religious or doesn't like me would want to argue this point, but I was thinking through 
this thought of an open heaven. And I had this thought that heaven is open to everyone. I think we would all agree that Jesus died for everyone. So heaven is open to all people. But heaven is not open over all people. There is a closed heaven, and we, we're responsible to open that heaven. But it all begins with accepting the fact that heaven is open to us. And when we accept Christ, we enter into that place. But now what do I do to live under an open heaven? Not just going to an open heaven, but how do I open heaven over my life? And let me say this. And this is not in my notes, but I'm, every time we're worshiping, I'm processing, thinking, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And, and some of you understand that. Some of you may not. But I'm always saying, God, I want, the, I, want, you know, I want the hottest pancake off the grill. You know, I, I don't want to have to put it in the microwave. Tell me right now. And I'm standing there. I'm thinking, God, what, what prevents an open heaven? I'm going to go down a list. Gossip will close a window on you. So this window actually has locks. It's a really good window, by the way. I'm not selling them, but I can find out where they got this. Uh, and so these two things unlock it, okay? So basically, when I accept Christ, I unlock potential. I unlock the possibility that good things, I just simply unlock it. It doesn't happen immediately. How I many you know when you get born again, you have a few goosebumps, and then on Monday, all hell breaks loose? You go to the office, your car breaks down, and, and you go, but I, I got saved yesterday. All you really did was unlock it. Now, you don't know, <clears throat> you may not know how to raise the window, or you don't have the strength, or you just don't have the want to to raise the window and open it up and say, God, <clears throat> I'm ready for the breeze to come in. I'm ready for you to blow on, on my life and, and <clears throat> put me and bring refreshing to my life. So what happens is, we get negative. Negative people, all negative people, they can be Christians. They've, they've accepted Christ. They've unlocked the window. But they haven't learned that they can raise the window. It's potential. A lot of people say, boy, you have a... Anybody ever told you you had potential? What they're really saying is, you're not operating in it right now. <laughs> because if you were, they'd say, you're doing great. But they're saying, well, you know, I see potential in you. Which means, get up and do something. And so, I oftentimes find myself biting my tongue when I want to get involved in a conversation that is negative or it's not productive. And I find myself going, just shut up, Mark. And you don't have, some of y'all are like me, you, you know, you, you know, and there are other people, you have no problem shutting up. Some of y'all need to speak up. But there are people like me that need to shut up. So, I find times where I go, just don't say anything. Don't say anything. Because the minute... You start saying something, if the window is open, now all of a sudden you get gossipy, negative, doubtful, critical. All of a sudden now you get down to about here and you feel just a little bit of God, and that's enough for some of you because you thought you were going to go to hell anyway, and some of you still think you are. <laughs> So you're going, well, I don't need much more of that. Let's just shudder and hope for the best. <laughs> what I've realized is that God wants us 
to metaphorically speaking, live under an open heaven where we sense the presence of God. We feel the presence of God. We hear the voice of God. We have the comfort of heaven. All of those things are available to us, but that window is critical. Opening that window up and keeping that window open at all times is not an easy task. We have to watch what we say. We have to watch what we do. We have to watch how we think. We have to watch how we treat other people. We have to, and, and sometimes, listen, sometimes it's as simple as this. And, and I could tell you, Mark Ryan, right over here, one of our worship leaders, I admire him so much because of how he has lived his life, and he's been through some things. And, but, but before I ever knew him, I didn't even know who he was, and I had a, he called and asked for a meeting. This must have been 20 years ago. And I didn't know who he was. He said, I just want to come and tell you I want to apologize to you. I thought, I don't even know you. He said, I was on staff at a church, and we used to sit around and talk about you every week. I thought, wow, I'm honored. I didn't know anybody cared. But, but he sat there in front of me. He didn't have to. But I am convinced, after all the years I've known him, that where he is today began on that day when he said, I'm not going to live under a closed heaven. I'm not going to live my life having one person standing between me and an open heaven. And, and, you know, we, we, can, we can twist the Bible, man. I mean, if, you, if you're a Christian, you can, I mean, I tell you, I can, I can make the Bible say exactly what I want it to say. And I'm not bragging. That's a horrible thing. But I know enough of the Bible where I could twist it and say, well, here's what this really meant. And if I go back to the Greek or the Hebrew or what, I can go back and say, well, but, but here's what that meant. But in my heart of hearts, I know. And I go, quit twisting it to satisfy your pride because you don't want to take steps to open that window and have God do something in your life that, that he can't do with a closed window. And some of y'all like this. You're, just, you're looking through going, man, that looked good out there. I want what they got. Hey, let me in. And what you don't realize is if you're a really good thief, that window's already unlocked. You don't have to beat on the window. God says, I, when you got saved, you unlocked all that I have for you. But the devil comes and tells you, you can't raise that window. That window's stuck. It's painted shut. It's not yours to raise. And, and you start getting into old habits, doing old things, old way. Because as Christians, it's very easy to get lazy. We get to know God. We're comfortable with God. We pray to God. We have no problem praying to God. We get good at praying to God. We go to church. And, and like that's all enough. And then all of a sudden before we know it, we lose our press. I was thinking about this the other I mean, I, I, I find myself, there are times I look back and I was struggling and I was learning about God and I was, I was desperate to know God. And, and there were days I would get up and I would press and then I'd get up and i go, I know him. And that's fine. But, but my passion should not change based on how long I've had a relationship with him. And yet I find myself from time to time fighting that 
that laziness, that Christian laziness where I go, well, you know, I don't have to go to church. I'm going to go to heaven. So I'm obviously preaching to the choir because you're here, but some of you are not. Thank God for technology. But we say, you know, it's okay. And you know what I can tell you? You're right. You don't have to come to church to go to heaven. But let me tell you something. You will pay more hell and more to hell not being in church and getting to heaven than if you come to church and you sit in church and you fellowship in church and you serve in church and you get to know other people. I love grace. As a matter of fact, I've been accused of having too much grace. I love people. I believe in people. I believe in you. I don't care. But that doesn't give us a license to live life the way we want to live it. We're called to press into God, to open heaven. Now, I'm going to read this Malachi 3 because this is really the scripture that came to me first. And I'm going to read it out of the message or living Bible. It says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Now, under a curse versus under an open heaven. Now, this is talking about the tithe, but the reality is this is just one place in the Bible that talks about an open heaven. I don't have time to go into the, all the rest of them, but what I'm saying is to prove my point, I use this scripture that you can have an, an invitation and access to heaven, which unlocks your faith and unlocks you and having a relationship with God and going to heaven, but you don't have an open window until you obey him. That nasty word again, obey. I don't want to just be saved. I don't want to just unlock. And I don't want people to say, you know, it, all this potential is before you. It, it, whatever you sow, you reap. Amen. People say, well, why, why, am I, why, why don't I have friends? Have you asked yourself the question, who are you holding in your heart? Who are you holding a grudge against? Who are you talking about? Let me tell you, you may have acquaintances and you may have a lot of people around you. That doesn't mean they're friends. And you wonder why people don't want to be around you. And you can blame everybody else. And that's what we typically do. It's easy for me to find problems with you. Guess why? Because I don't have to fix them. And I don't have to change them. But the minute I find a problem with me, I got to do some work. And I, when, when something good is not happening, I can look and say, well, so-and-so cheated me. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did that. But the reality is, it's my response to what so-and-so did that's going to change things, not their response. Because God can work for me in spite of what you do to me. But I still have to do the right thing. I have to forgive. I have to let those things go. And he goes, you are under a curse. The whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Why? Because you're not cheating me anymore. I'm going to give a dollar. That window's not open. It's cracked. <laughs> God's, got, God's got all this good stuff up here trying to push through this right down here. 
God's like, I, I could flood you, but you're holding back. You're holding out on me. You're holding out. And you wonder why it's the same next year and the year after as it is this year. Why? Because you haven't adjusted the window. Because you haven't raised the window. You haven't raised forgiveness. You haven't raised giving. You haven't raised tithing. You haven't raised loving. You haven't raised serving. So you're living in the same place, and all you got is a little breeze, a little breath in heaven. God wants to blow a hurricane tornado your way. And all you're doing is saying, no, God, I'm just going to leave this much. I don't trust you that much. So I'm just, I just want a little bit, God. Hey, pay my electric. Okay, that's good. I got some food. Okay. And you think God's going to open. God wants to open heaven. It's unlocked to you. If you're a Christian, it's unlocked. God has unlocked it all and said, now here's what you have to do. I've extended to you an invitation to heaven. Now I want to give you an open heaven, but you have to position yourself and open it up so I can do what I want to do. You keep asking me to do, I've already done. Now what are you going to do with what I've already done? First thing is you have to keep your head lifted high. Said, lift your eyes. Lift up your eyes to the mountains. Psalmist said, That's what I do. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'll be talking in the weeks to come about looking around, looking ahead, looking back. But today I want to talk about the very first thing is you got to look up and say, God, I want heaven opened over my life. I got to keep my eyes above the problems, the criticism, the hate. I got to keep my eyes lifted to heaven. If I keep looking around and I look at the world today and I look at CNBC and CNN and all the networks, all I see is trouble, chaos. All the news reporting doesn't encourage me that everything's going to be all right. But the Bible encourages me that everything's going to be more than all right. So I look up. I look to the Word. I look to God. I look to heaven and I say, God, I, in the midst of a world that is closed to you, I thank you that you open heaven to me. You can look around and you can put your faith in the government, your 401K, whatever it is you've got. And the reality is that God is bigger than all of that. There was a church that was going through a big fundraiser to build a building. And, and as normal, as, you know, the, the pastor and the board is leading and saying, you know, if, if, if God would bless you with extra income or extra funds, would you bless the church and would you give to help us? He asked for a show of hands and people throughout the building, some lifted their hands, some didn't. And I, not that everybody should because, you know, that's, that's every individual's relationship with God is different. And one old lady that had, she lived by herself, she didn't have much money, but she, she was making it. And she lifted her hand. She thought, probably never happened, but I'm going to lift my hand. And she received a call just a few days later from a friend, she didn't think much about it, but she didn't even know this friend was going through a major lawsuit, had won, and she told her, 
I want to give you $2 million. True story. And the lady said, well, that's so kind of you. She said, that's really going to be a blessing to my church. You see, my pastor asked if we got any extra money, if we would give it and help the church. And I said, yes, I would. So being a Christian of integrity, I'm going to give it to the church. Hung up, didn't think much about it. Next day, the lady called back and said, you know what? I know you're going to give $2 million to the church, but I want to give $2 million to you. So I'm going to give $2 million so you can give to the church, and I'm going to give $2 million to you. A few days after that, she had forgotten she had had a situation that was unsettled, got a call from her attorney that it had been settled. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes we close the window when God's trying to open the window. He's saying, open it. Trust me. Pull it up. Come on. I've got stuff for you. And right now, you can't comprehend it. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know how it's going to get there. But I can promise you, we don't put our faith in people. We put our faith in God who moves people's hearts. It's important that we not lose heart in the midst of our pursuit of opening heaven to us. You see, a lot of it is simple perspective. People are down and out, as I said last week, when the psalmist said, Why so downcast, O my soul? You see, it's hard. Sometimes we get fatigued, and you can tell when people are fatigued or they're shamed. Or they're, I, I remember the days of just not even being able to lift my head up. Physically, I could. Spiritually, in my soul, I couldn't. I just couldn't reconcile everything that was going on in my life. And I'm, I'm looking down and I'm trying to figure it out. And I realized I had my head hung low instead of my faith held high. You see, the window is open to see God as greater than our crisis. But we have to look to God. Not look around at everybody else. Not measure our life against other people. We all have access. We all can open the windows of heaven. Next thing is lift up your hands. And you say, why is that? You know, like in this church we worship with our hands raised. And, and that's foreign to some churches. I mean, some churches you're going to hell if you raise your hands. Literally. I mean, you're, you're, you know, why would you lift your hands? And I'm thinking, well... Why do people 150 pounds overweight paint their stomach during football season in 32-degree weather and raise their voice in their hands to a stupid pig? <laughs> Somehow we excuse the fact that we, we just really aren't willing to open heaven. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray Lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. See, I got a scripture for everything. Like I told you, you don't want to argue with me. I can find it even if I have to twist it. <laughs> but I ain't twisting this. This is read straight out. He said, I want them lifting. I don't want you using your fists and your hands to harm people. I want you to use them to exalt God. And so whenever I'm going through a tough time and I really don't want to lift my hands, I want to reach out and choke someone. You say, well, that's not nice for a preacher. I realize that, but I'm admitting it. 
I'm not saying it's right about my flesh. You see what I'm saying? When I get to that place, instead of lifting holy hands, I go, put your fingers in there. (laughs) Oops, I'm sorry. I'll get to you tomorrow. And that's what we do. We literally close down heaven when we're not lifting up God. Now, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. What it may mean is that all of heaven that God wants to bring your way can't come your way because you closed off that part of you that would allow God to do what God wants to do. Listen, it's not easy to live a, a, a life filled with joy all the time, blessing all the time, happy all the time. It's not easy. And sometimes you just have to grin through crisis. You have to smile through difficulty. And when people know you're going through it and you're smiling, they're going to wonder why you're smiling. And let me just say, your frustration, your anger, your meanness is not going to change the circumstances. It's going to change your blood pressure. It's going to be toxic to your physical health. And so I'm not denying the reality of difficulty. I've just decided that if Jesus, I mean, it's going to be a hard time if you go to heaven and go, it was a hard life, and Jesus goes, he ain't raising his hands. He's showing you the holes. You want to talk about a hard life? You see this, and you see this? That's a hard life. But even he didn't say that was a hard life. He learned how. It says he learned obedience through the things he suffered. He learned obedience. Folks, let me tell you, life boils down to just a few words, and I could, again, I could make it 20 or I could make it two. Today, I'm going with two. Love and obedience. And then I could add willingness to that. There's so many things that open heaven and open the windows of heaven over your life. But it says, I would that you lift up holy hands, which is what I call the window of exaltation and humility. And he gives grace generously, as the scripture said. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. So lifting hands to me has always been a sign of surrender and humility. Because in all actuality, as a person, it just seems stupid because I've never seen Jesus. I've never encountered God visibly, and yet we come in and we do this. Why? Because he's supernatural. He doesn't have to be visible. We can thank him that he unlocked the window for us. He said, look, if you'll accept me, you'll open, you'll unlock it, and you'll have full access to me. And so every time I worship him with my hands raised, to me it's an act of humility and surrender to him. I don't care what you say or anybody says or looks at me. I don't care. This is between me and God. And there are times I walk through my house and I throw my hands up. Now, used to, before I was born again, I threw them up going, I quit. But now I throw my hands up and go, thank you, hallelujah, I don't have to quit. You made me more than able to overcome. Listen, Christianity at its, at its, at, at its fullness it really doesn't make sense to the carnal mind. It just doesn't make sense. And so if you're trying to make sense of, uh, well, you know, I, I don't have to lift my hands. No, you don't have to do anything. I mean, if you've accepted Christ, you can live with this unlocked, 
Now, some people will backslide, and they'll go, oh, forget you. That's what we used to call it in the church I went to, backslide. Basically, it's just, I just call it stupid. Um, and so, so if I want to keep the window of heaven open over every area of my life, there are things I need to do. If I want the presence of God, I need to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. I'm going to tell you, God will open. You'll, there, and religious people hate it when I say this, but we were given feelings and emotions. I can feel God, and I can feel the absence of God. God hasn't moved. I have. And so when I don't feel his presence, guess what? He's already, he's already opened heaven to me. But for me, I've got to open heaven over me, which means I have a role to play in getting that window up. God's saying, I, I, I came. Now, I've given you I, I, I access. You can unlock it and just lift it. So one of the ways I do that is I'm in praise and worship. And I know some people go, I don't like music. I don't like, and I, I, I'm not judging you at all. And I'm not even saying you have to do it. For me, this is a part of my life because I was so embarrassed when I got born again. I, I didn't even, I mean, lifting my hands, I thought y'all are weird. I thought Christians were strange. And so I got born again, and I, I realized what I was saying to God was, I, you're an embarrassment a little bit to me. I mean, people can't see you. I can't see you. I, how do I explain this relationship? Well, the beautiful thing about God is it's by faith. And we've got enough proof scientifically to look back but, and see what he's done. But it's, it says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so we have to release him. Then the third thing is lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. We praise. We sing. We speak his word. Lift up your voice. Many people say, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to pray or I don't know how to pray. But listen, when you get desperate, you learn how to pray. You, you do away with all the King James. Listen, if you're hanging from a cliff, you don't go, oh, thou, oh, God. Most high above all heavens and earth, and thou art worthy. No, you go, hey! Come on, Jesus, where are you right now? I'm hanging by a twig. Get some help up in here. Let's talk angels now. I didn't believe in them yesterday, but I believe in me some angels right now. That's, I, sometimes that's what, and then all of a sudden when you start that, here's what happens. It just opens it up. And then, and then, after two days, somebody critted, I can't believe you. you. Are you a Jesus freak? Well, not really. Did, did, do you think God delivered you from that cliff? Well, you know, somebody hiker came by. Here we go again. Some of y'all going to need new windows. That sucker goes up and down so much. <laughs> At least get some WD-40. Because it's going to stick on you, man. That thing ain't been up in so long, you don't even know if it still works. What do I have to do? As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the point between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood up at a distance, crying, Jesus, 
Master, have mercy on us. And I'm going to tell you, when you pray that prayer to Jesus, he'll put his hand and he'll get angels and he'll say, I heard you. You lifted your voice. You trusted in him. These lepers were kept at a distance. You couldn't go. They had leper colonies. They, they stayed together. Nobody could go near them. And you could see that Jesus is walking by, and I believe it was intentional that he was just close enough to hear the cry of ten lepers who said, Help us. Have mercy on us. Heaven opened in that minute. The windows opened. All of them went away healed, but it says only a foreigner returned to give him thanks. Keep the windows open. Doesn't just happen because you're saved. This is saved. Okay. When he comes back, I'll slide right through that little slot right there. few months ago I preached and I said have you ever heard somebody talk about somebody else in the church or Christianity and they say yeah they're barely saved there's no such thing as barely saved you either are or you're not you buy a coca-cola today it's not barely a coca-cola it is a coca-cola full-on coke I have to say coca-cola because some of y'all be thinking anyway Talking about the soft drink. <laughs> if you're new to Mosaic, it'll be okay. <laughs> you kind of get used to illustrations that are not normal. But then again, what's normal? Nobody seems to know, do they? And matter of fact, people who think they're normal really are probably the most abnormal. Because we can't define normal. God made us so unique and so different that... It's like, well, it's, I, I don't think that the word normal is even in the Bible. I could be wrong, and I, some of you, I'm, an, I'm, I'm actually motivating you to look. I'm sure we'll get an email this week. That's in there, right there, in the Bible, don't you know it? I can tell you one thing that's normal. All people get stupid. That's normal. Or, let's just go to Scripture. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's normal. Maybe the only normal thing that we all do together collectively is we have the gift of stupidity. That'll offend some people who don't think they're stupid. Oh, better, let me rephrase that. Who don't do stupid things. Okay. We don't complain to God. We cry out to God. Number four, this is a big one. This this shirt says serve. Lift your feet. Now, when I say lift your feet, I'm really saying walk it out. Walk it out. You have to walk this out. You have to walk it out. You have to make sure. I'm I'm not just a Christian by name only. I'm not just a Christian by confession only. I am a Christian, and I walk it out through my service to God. Now, I'm just going to irritate everybody today because I'm hitting on all these topics that that really nobody likes. Bring the tithe, the gift, serve, e e e e e And you wonder why heaven's not open. 
Listen, I, I'm not mad at anybody, but I am a pastor, and I'm called to challenge everybody and preach the whole counsel of God. And, you know, if I were to come up and say, you know, what if doing something for God made a real difference in your life, would you? Well, sure I would. When? I don't know. I don't have time right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that God only gave you 16 hours in a day and the rest of us 24. Because it's understandable that you wouldn't have time because you'd be a few hours short of the rest of us. You see what I'm saying? It's, we are the best excuse makers in the world. Well, people don't like me. I don't like people. I'm, I'm shy. I'm bashful. I'm an introvert. I'm, <laughs> do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's nice to be served, isn't it? I think it's cool. But guess what? I think it's even cooler to serve. I just get a lot happier that way. And you can say, well, you're strange. That's beside the point. <laughs> Raise the window of movement. You remember the four lepers? They're outside the city gates. They, they, they wouldn't let them in. They're starving to death. <clears throat> remember that? And, you know, just because you have leprosy doesn't mean you're intelligently dumbified. That you, you've lost your sin. So they sit there and they're going, you know, we're going to die. So how do we want to die? Anybody out there, how do I want to die? We can die right here outside the gates. At least they'll know we're dead. They're, we're already rejected. Or there's a camp, and it, maybe we should walk toward that camp where all the supplies and foods and, and food is and everything. And let's, let's just do that. And if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. Can you imagine that conversation? Limbs hanging. Digits gone. And it says, as they were walking, this huge Sumerian, I believe it was, let me see here, so somebody, uh, Aramean army, fled because these four lepers dragged their feet, taking a chance that just maybe if they did something, God would open heaven over them. Sure enough, the Aramean army heard what they thought was a vast army coming, and they fled, leaving all of the food, supplies, and everything there. Four lepers who couldn't even beat their way out of a wet paper sack causes this whole army to flee, and they go back and tell the city that was under siege and shared it with them, all because they opened heaven by their movement. They stepped it out and said, we're going to do something. We're not going to die staying here. And some of you say, well, I know physically you're not dying. But spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you have camped yourself in a situation. You've been excluded and left out. And you've decided, I'll just stay here. At least they'll know I'm here. And when I do die, they'll be able to take care of me. Do you really care? You're dead. Have you ever thought about what that's like? I think sometimes when we die, we think we're still going to be coherent and see what people do. I think we ought to have pre-funerals <laughs> so that people can lie in front of us instead of when we're dead. Well, he was the greatest guy I ever knew. Yeah, right. Now, what you said last week. <laughs> see... Some of y'all just need to put footwork 
so that God can work. And what happened? These guys, wasn't their, it wasn't their skills. <laughs> it wasn't their fitness program. It wasn't anything other than they decided we're going to lift up our feet one after another. And as they did, they got closer and closer and closer and realized when they got to camp, nobody was there. Everything was open to them. He said, what would happen if I began to serve? What would happen if I began to give? What would happen if I began to use the word of God instead of the complaints of man? What would happen in my life? You would open heaven. See, some of you, you love God with everything in you. There's no question about it. I would never question anybody's love for God. If they said, I love God, how am I to question? But if you tell me you trust God, I can measure that in numerous ways. Do I trust God? And the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. So when I talk about the love of God, I look, and I'm so glad you love God, and you love him enough, obviously you showed up today. But what really opens heaven is our trust in God. God, if you tell me to do this, I'm going to do this. It's really simple. I'm going to do it. I don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, I don't, I'm going to be real honest with you. That lady that said, I'm going to give $2 million, not sure I could have done that. I mean, I want to. That's a lot. Wouldn't you say, I, I think it's a little bit of change. But she trusted. And she obeyed. It's very important that we realize the window of provision was open because they moved toward it. And lastly, Lift up blessing, not cursing. The Bible says, bless those who persecute you. I saved the best for last. <sighs> because this one right here, this is, this is it. Bless those who persecute you. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and you'll be a blessing. So, Abraham, here's the deal. I'm offering you an open heaven, but you have to know what to do when the window of heaven is open. And I say this carefully and respectfully. We live in one of the most selfish times I've ever seen in my lifetime. First question we ask when something comes our way is, How's this going to benefit me? Instead of how's this going to benefit the cause? How's this going to benefit somebody else? All of you who serve, I, I, I look at Brad and Molly. They, they come faithfully for teenagers. They don't have a large group. They don't get any applause. But you need to thank them because they're in there trying to, if they touch one kid's life, could change the world. Brad and Molly, stand up. I just want people to see you, and I want to say thank you publicly. They, they stepped in and said, we just want to help teenagers. We don't have a lot to offer them. Thank you. And, and yet, they show up, and, and they, they love the few kids that are there. Now, I'd love to see that grow, but you know what I really love more than anything? Is God's going to open heaven over their life if one kid comes. It's just how it's going to be. So it doesn't work that way. Yeah, God's not counting numbers in here today. God's counting faithfulness. God's counting trust. God's counting all the things that are most important to, to him and maybe not to us. 
I show up every week and, and preach to what we have here. You got to understand it's different for me. Preaching in Hillsong back in the day when it was at its height in Australia or Cape Town. Preaching to thousands of people. And I'm not boasting. I'm simply saying it was an adjustment for me. And honestly, it doesn't matter to me anymore. What matters to me is if one life through here or through here is changed. That's what matters to me. I'm going to open heaven over people. I want people to choose to open heaven. God doesn't want us to live just looking through the glass and looking at everybody else live a wonderful, blessed, joyful life. And that's what some people do. They live their whole life saved, saved, but watching everybody else. I can't look at them. They're blessed and they're happy and they found someone and they're good. And God, I sure wish. Basically, you look like a stalker. <laughs> well, hopefully this turned out all right. It's one of those thoughts. I thought this could either fly or this baby could sink. But think about it this week. Keep your head lifted up. Keep your eyes lifted to, to your Redeemer. Keep lifting your voice, even when somebody criticizes you. Lift your voice. Lift your feet. Serve, give, sacrifice. Do those things that contradict our human nature, and we've made it all about us. Thank you for being here today. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us access to all that heaven holds. Today, we thank you for that. We're going to live it. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray a simple prayer. And those of you watching online, those of you listening on podcast right now, heaven is open to you. That's the first step. To unlock it is to simply pray this prayer. And then move on from there and say, I'm not just going to have access to heaven. I'm going to live my life under an open heaven. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do one thing. Those of you watching online, text the word SAVED to 405-513-10. 405-513-10. Those of you in-house, I want you to do the same. But in a moment, we'll have some prayer partners to my left. Just go up and say, today I gave my life to Jesus. And I want heaven opened over my life. So this is, it's unlocked today, but it's going to be open today as well. Do that, would you? This time, I want to receive our tithes and offerings. I really don't think I need to say much after today. I think I said enough to either get you motivated or irritated. One of the two. So very simple. We have a QR code up here on the screen. You can put your smartphone on that, and it will take you to a giving site. Or you can text the word GIVE to 405-546-2226. 405-546-2226. So you can do that. You can give on your way out. You can send it to 5821 Northwest Expressway, 73132. Or you can go to our website, mosaicokc.church forward slash GIVE. And I want to thank all of you, um, you know, as I said, when, when you're here, I'm obviously preaching to the choir, as we used to say. You have a desire 
for God to do something in your life or you wouldn't be here. You got better things in carnal world. We got better things to do than sit in a church and worship an invisible God. That's the mindset of humanity. But we don't. This is the best thing we can do is to give God some of our time every day and give him our life every day. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the left of the stage. If you are a, serve, a person who serves, we have a shirt for you out in the lobby. And we just are asking, if you would, wear it when you serve. Many times people only serve once or twice a month. I understand this may not meet your dress code. And if you're a lady that really likes to spruce it up, this is probably not going to make you dance any better. So, but what we're asking is, it'd be, you know, every Sunday, every Saturday, watch football teams, they have the same jerseys on. You know what team they're on. And somebody comes in, have you ever been to a store before where you go up and you look at somebody and you think they work there and you go up and say, could you help me find the toy section? They go, I don't work here. So I think they're offended because it looks like they're wearing the kind of clothes. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, so when somebody comes through the doors, if you have this shirt on, uh, they might come to you and say, you know, where do I check the kids in? And you don't know and say, there's another blue shirt. Go ask them. Anyway, uh, it gets us started. Okay. So that's all we're saying. We have free shirts for those of you serving. Please pick one up. And uh, if you're serving next week, uh, go ahead and wear it. They're actually kind of comfortable. But you don't iron the black thing with your iron at all. Okay, it'll probably come off. Okay, that's just a little note. Okay, so anyway, let's stand up. If this is your first time here, uh, we have a gift for you at the Welcome Kiosk. Please stop by and pick it up. Uh, also, if you want to get my weekly call, text the word call to 405-500-1310. Put your number in there. I do a midweek call. love having you do that. You, if you want to serve, uh, text the word serve to that same number, 405-500-1310, and we'll call you. Serving is going to open things up like you never thought, and, and I promise you, I, I could never sit on a chair again without serving. It, my life is given. I've, I've found such joy for the last, I can't tell you how many years, uh, that I've enjoyed serving the Lord, and I, I can't imagine doing anything but. So, thank you so much. We're going to go out with a shout of hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.